0: hello and welcome to the can of worms podcast season two episode two this week we're still going strong we're staying consistent we're going to be talking about ridiculous stories once again and we got a special guest this week we have christine pontain uh she used to be on the podcast and so some of you may recognize her voice recognize her um and so yeah i'm very excited to have her back and we're just going to be talking a bit about her story and then just maybe shooting the breeze a bit so thanks for tuning in and i hope you guys like this episode and are kind of liking what we're doing so thanks for tuning in and uh appreciate all of you hope you're having a wonderful week cool sweet well, uh, welcome back, Christine. This is Christine Pontaine, the wonderful, the entrepreneur, uh, and a friend of mine. And she's here to talk about a little bit of her most ridiculous story or stories. I don't know how many did you. End I just
1: had one. The one. Yeah, nice. I couldn't think of another one that I hadn't shared because a lot of the ridiculous stories I had shared on this podcast already. But I. Have that's one. very true.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Did you have to go back and like listen to past episodes to be like, did I share this? Or did do you no, know?
1: I knew which ones because I was like, it has to do with bodily functions. Odds are I've shared it on here. <laughs> so this one does not have any. Nice. So I know I haven't shared it on here.
0: Nice. Cool. Um, so yeah. And then uh, is there anything I left out for your introduction? Is there anything else you you want? I <laughs> feel like people probably know you if they've listened to some of the other ones, but...
1: I was going to say, I think, yeah, can uh, re-listen to old ones if you are that curious.
0: Nice. Yeah, that's no. fair.
1: That's excellent. All
0: right. Well, what, what do you have for us today? What is what is your most ridiculous story?
1: Okay. So my most ridiculous story, I feel like you have heard the story before. So okay. if I have, I apologize. That's but fine. The listeners haven't. So. Right. Um, my most ridiculous story would be When Ryan and I were moving from Ryan's my husband, if you haven't listened before, Um, my husband and I were moving from Washington to Tennessee and we were driving um, like a big Penske truck, like not the little size, but like the medium size was pretty hefty. And we were towing uh, his Pontiac, like this long Pontiac car. Um, I'm trying oh to remember the, boy. but yeah. So anyway, it was a heavy car and it was long. So we were just kind of this massive vehicle mm-hmm. anyway. So we made it through Kansas where we met up with my dad's side of the family. This is all relevant. We're, we're building. We'll get, no, there. this
0: is great. You're doing fine.
1: <laughs> so when we got to Kansas, we met up with my dad's side of the family that lives there. And uh, my dad was asking, all right, so what's the rest of your route there? And so I told them we're going to take um, a highway that was off of like the main interstate. And my dad was like, oh, you probably should take the main interstate like just to stay safe. And I I was like, ah, I think I'll be okay. We're we're going to take this. So this was (laughs) a big mistake.
0: And did your dad grow up in that area or
1: he was there for, I think, a tiny bit, a tiny bit of his childhood.
0: OK, so Don't he me do that. So he like.
1: No, he is not. Sorry, he is not. He grew. Okay. He was born in Louisiana. His siblings lived there and then he moved up here.
0: OK, so is this recommendation to take like the main interstate based off of what his siblings have told him or like what? Why do you think he gave that?
1: I think he was saying that just for safety reasons. Like if something happened, like to just pull off to the side of the interstate, you're there. And you just have more access to right.
0: more people coming ex- by.
1: Exactly. Repair people and whatnot. Police officers. OK, OK, right. gotcha.
0: So sorry. Yes. Yeah. So so you, you decide you're good and you're going to go on this other mm-hmm. highway or road or whatever.
1: Right. Well, and my main thinking was if I take this main highway, we'll hit the hotel faster because mm-hmm. we've been driving like 12 to 14 hours a day. And we made the stop in Kansas. So we knew it was going to be like three more hours from where we were to get there. And if we took the interstate, I think it was four hours.
0: Okay.
1: So in my head, I just didn't want to waste another hour on the interstate after. For sure. So anyway, we take this road and at this point, it's like seven o'clock at night. So we take off and things are going Fine. Until about 10 o'clock at night, we're like 30 minutes away from the hotel. Ryan sees in the mirror like a fire in the back um, trailer. So he looks outside and he pulls over and it turns out that the tire on the trailer that was carrying the car blew off. Oh, gosh. So there's no spare to that because it's a trailer. It's not... Anyway, it's not a car. (laughs) So we ended up having to pull over and wait for a policeman um, and a repair guy. And they said it would be about an hour (laughs) to get there because we're in the middle of nowhere on this side highway. Right. Whereas, again, if we took the interstate, they would have had a lot more access to other people. So we're sitting there and it is genuinely one of the scariest moments because it's so windy at this time it's pitch black like because we're off the highway or off the interstate no lights it's just so dark no one's there they're just cornfields around us (laughs) at one point the police officer pulls up and says hey like what's happening Are, are you guys okay i thought I was like, this guy, <laughs> I don't trust this guy. Oh no. <laughs> There's no, but he was really nice. He was like a small town. Right. Just making sure we were okay. Then uh maybe another 30 minutes go by, and I swear I hear voices of like children laughing. So I think I can hear children laughing. Oh. And <laughs> in my head, I'm I'm thinking, okay, it's pitch dark out i've been going a little stir crazy maybe it's just all in my head so i just kept it to myself but then i look over at ryan and his eyes get so big and he goes christine do you hear children laughing and i lost it i i was like there's no way that he also hears children laughing is it ghosts what is it because there's no one around um So, could have been a ghost. I don't really know. But that we ended up getting saved, and the guy (laughs) ended up fixing our tire, like, hours later. But the the point was, we heard, like, children. We heard people talking. It was crazy, but there's no one around. There's no houses or anything that you can see. Right. So, I don't know. So, we didn't know what it was. So,
0: on on the rare possibility that there are kids in the corn maze, that's probably (laughs) it, right? But...
1: For sure. It wasn't even a maze. Well, yeah, sorry. It's just just the cornfield. Well, yes. Okay. So yes, the children, we thought that. We also thought, could that be an animal that makes that sound? That sounds like kids laughing. Oh, gosh. But then we heard adults talking. So we knew it was voices. So what we think happened, um, I have a cousin who lives in Wyoming and he said, when it's windy, it carries voices for miles. So those voices I could have been hearing could have been from a house just miles away because of how windy it was. Dang,
0: that's wild.
1: Yeah, I had no idea that that could happen. Um, I also didn't realize, I did also didn't say this, but yeah, it was so windy that our truck was like rocking oh, yeah. back and forth. So that was also the whole couple hours of waiting in the dark in this <laughs> truck that's just shaking randomly and then yeah with voices and kids laughing
0: did you have the windows down or
1: Mm -mm, they were up
0: and you still heard it that is yeah
1: yeah it was that loud that we could hear it through yeah
0: (laughs) i'm just imagining ryan wide-eyed like
1: Uh. (laughs) (laughs) that was it felt like a horror movie that whole his head turning his eyes getting big because then I realized oh it's not just me losing my mind he heard it too yeah so dang there's that's the most ridiculous thing that's happened to me (laughs)
0: yeah that sounds that sounds pretty intense I was that like one of your first times doing that long of a road trip in your life, too, or no?
1: Um yeah, I think of that length that's been the longest road trip is us moving to Tennessee and coming back. I used to go on other road trips as a kid to yeah. visit my family in Wyoming, um some family in Idaho, but yeah, nowhere that far.
0: Gotcha, yeah. Cause that, that right there to me, I would already kind of be on it because you're, you're going from familiarity to new place. You don't know kind of what to expect in some ways. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then you have all this crazy stuff happen <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like I, I would all be on edge as it was and be trying mm-hmm. to like remain, I don't know. I mean, I could be different in this way, but like, I feel like for me, I have to like remind myself in certain situations like hey you're just nervous because this is going to be a new thing whatever mm-hmm. but if that happens i'm i'm done i'm out of there i don't know what i would do
1: <laughs> yeah oh no same if you just that's what we'd been doing the whole time was just pretending that we were calm right because if you believe that you're calm then you're not going to stress out your right. spouse yeah um when we first left like this is how on edge we were when we first took off, we couldn't see the car in the back of our oh, windshield. yeah, yeah. So Ryan was like, did we lose the car? Is it gone? So it was our first time also, not just taking a road trip, but taking this giant truck with right. a car towed behind us. Right. So there were a lot of new elements.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I kind of know that feeling from uh, my, one of the longest road trips I've ever done was uh, when I was in 10th grade, my dad volunteered to drive. Uh, we, were, we were, so I was in band and my high school, we would do these trips. And so mm-hmm. they said we were like, for that year it was Disneyland. We were gonna be performing and doing different things in there. And so my dad volunteered cause they didn't wanna fly all the instruments uh, mm-hmm. as checked. You, in general, just a bad idea to check instruments into a plane Mm -hmm. because you will land at your location with uh thousands of dollars in instrument repairs that you probably need to do at that point so Mm -hmm. so either you carry it on or you find another way and so my dad volunteered to like drive this van with all these instruments and Mm -hmm. a trailer with like all the other supplies and instruments and uh And I remember having a similar thought of you because I ended up going with him. I thought, Oh, this could be a fun son, father bonding trip. So I'm on this road trip with him and we have thousands and thousands of dollars of instruments and like percussion equipment. And we have this trailer and we're just going and I'm always like looking back, like, is everything okay? I don't know. (laughs) Like I'm a worrier. So I'm just like trying to make sure everything is fine. But so I know a little bit of like being on edge. Oh I guess this would be maybe a fun story to share. So, and I, I don't know if I have told you this story either. And by the way, I don't think you've told me that story. That, really? That, yes. Okay. That was, that. I didn't know we were going into like potential haunted realm until <laughs> yeah. that last moment. So I was like, what's going to happen? Like as the, yeah. Because when you said small town, I immediately thought like, I don't know, like get out or something like that. Where it's just like super, like freaky people not like yeah so it,
1: it felt a little that way also too if you just have if you're in an area that you're unfamiliar with like you were saying earlier it's it already puts another level of like you're not familiar with the people here <laughs> you don't know right. what town you've stumbled into right which is why i was even on edge when like the cop came by just because i didn't right. know um and so
0: yeah. Anyway. You kind of don't know what you're going to get. I feel like, I feel like my, my, if I was to say s- s- one of the things that is in the realm of like sketchy maybe in like America is small mm-hmm. towns. Cause like, I don't know. I just, I feel like you could disappear really easily in a small town and like no one would like ever find out. Like it would just be like, whatever. So
1: for sure, I got that vibe too. I understood a hundred percent why my dad told me to take the interstate. So, fun tip of the day: if you're going on a road trip, stay on the interstate. There you go. Don't take off roads unless you're familiar with the area.
0: Yes, yeah, that's that's a good lesson. <laughs> um, so yeah, so my story, which I don't think uh, I've shared, that kind of goes along that's that same vein of like looking in your rear view mirror like wondering is are things okay my dad so my my dad has uh this like I don't know like small to medium power boat um that he actually is uh just sold so rest in Mm -hmm. peace boating adventures for a while um Uh. but so he he really wanted to have like a boat lift because one of his things that he hated was Uh, he didn't like how when the boat was sitting in the water for months that it would build up all that like algae and slime and all this stuff on the bottom. And at the end of every summer, he'd have to clean it all off. And so he was like, I want a boat lift. So it'll just drain and nothing will really grow and it'll be great. And so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: he finds this like super, okay. I'm sure he would like downplay this, but here, here's my perspective. He finds a super sketchy, Uh, like pontoon lift thing that uh is like it's a system where instead of it being electronic, you know, you either fill it with air and it raises, or you fill it with water and it sinks, so you Mm -hmm. can like put the boat on it. And so my dad's like, yeah, this is gonna be great, blah blah. blah. So I forget how long it was, but it's like 22 feet long or something like that. This boat lift uh, pontoons and. Mm we like put it jankily on our boat trailer and then we're like driving from kirkland which is to uh to like newport uh Mm -hmm. or is it newport what am i newcastle like area or whatever and so that's like kind of and we try to take side streets but that's kind of a long drive and the whole while the pontoons are like luckily we drove like the the work truck or whatever but it keeps like ramming the back tailgate of this thing because it's like kind of mm. loose or whatever it wouldn't fall out the back but so I'm watching this thing like oh gosh and like anytime you turned more than 45 degrees it would like rub the like the pontoons and I'm just mm-hmm. thinking this this is the worst thing ever and so then we we get there assembling it is this whole thing we like because you, you, we couldn't have it fully assembled or it would have been mm-hmm. too wide. So we had to like go to this boat launch, assemble it. We end up like having to like reinvent the wheel a few times just to like figure out how to do it without killing ourselves. And so that was super stressful. And then I end up riding it into the water with no power or anything. I just have a paddle. And so I'm just <laughs> no. paddling this thing trying <laughs> to get to the to the boat slip. So I do all that and that, so, so that all like, for the most part goes fine. And then I'm like, okay, this is over. I I hope this works. Like my dad thinks it will, this is great. Well, fast forward, like a few weeks or whatever, my dad puts the, the boat on the lift and, and lifts it out of the water. And, uh, so one day we're, we're at work. I was working with my dad at the time in construction, we're at work. And we get this call from the the yacht club that we had our slip with, and they're like, uh, "We think your boat is in distress." So then we sh- we like we were done with our work day, luckily, and we were kind of in the area, so we drove straight with my other employee. We drive straight to uh, our coworker, I should say, uh, to the bo- to the boat club, and we end up like going to our slip, and the boat is like one side like if you were looking at the bow Mm -hmm. what like the port side is up in the air like another like 10 feet because the pontoon Mm -hmm. raised up there and then the other side was down the starboard side was down like 10 like five feet or something so it's like all like diagonal like all messed up and we're like
1: like underwater
0: no above the water but like it isn't level anymore. It's like okay. cockeyed or whatever. And so then at like a, a slant. And okay. so then I'm like, oh gosh, like it could have been so much worse because we have a boat right next to ours that are not mm-hmm. our boat, like we have a someone else has a boat next to ours. And so our boat could have just like fallen off and like landed on their boat. And like I was just like, oh my gosh, my dad and his ideas. <laughs> and so anyway, it ended up being fine, but like. At that, at, after that, like we had a few moments where, like, trying to like fill the pontoons or something, like it would, it would just like shoot up in the air randomly. Like you'd be, you're mm-hmm. like, why isn't this thing filling with air? Like it's it's moving water out, but it would just like shoot up, and my dad, like the boat would like move and almost like fall on my dad, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like what, what? Stop! Don't do! Don't kill my dad, boat! And so, um. So that was crazy. That was a crazy experience. And long story short, we got rid of that (laughs) in the end because it never was going to fully function correctly. And I was like, thank you, Dad, for getting rid of that because it was just anxiety every time I saw that thing try to like come out of the water with a boat. I'm like, we're going to die. This sucks. So, (laughs) is
1: that the language that your boat is in distress? I don't think I've ever heard that phrase.
0: I don't know I mean I would would assume so I've heard that I think on like I used to be a big deadliest catch nerd so like I think they use that a lot in that show for yeah but I I would say yeah I think that is the the jargon for it no idea yeah I
1: just learned that yeah no (laughs) because normally when I picture distress I picture humans (laughs) so when I heard that language I was picturing the boat having some sort of <laughs>
0: some sort of emotional breakdown
1: kind of right <laughs> Where like there's an alarm going or something right. happening, but it sounds like it was a different type of distress
0: oh yes yeah
1: still distressed though
0: so anyway that's my that's my random story and then you know because we sold it I had to do that whole stressful driving it back home experience with it being a little too long for its own good and freaking out on the way home so yeah I that's a bummer I've driven my fair share of like long vehicles and <laughs> I, I always appreciate not having to drive anything longer than like a SUV when I, when I can. So.
1: Oh, for sure. Same. Both Ryan and I, we have, we like the compact cars. Right. <laughs> possible.
0: Yeah. So. It just feels good. Especially when you're in areas like Seattle where it's like, Mm-hmm. it's nice to have a not as wide car a thinner car because then it's like oh I can actually like because I don't know who designed their streets like oh cars aren't wide like let's just make these like lanes super mm-hmm. thin it's like I don't know who did that but when you have a compact car you don't have to worry about that as much but
1: definitely yeah. and growing up in Seattle sorry I guess I'm not up. my teenage years in Seattle <laughs> driving um uh, we had my the van with, like, my parents' minivan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they trusted me to take that vehicle through Seattle. Oh, gosh. But it was, it was okay. And then when I got married, Ryan and I bought a car. The one that we could afford, a family friend was selling it. It was so long. This was the car that we towed to Tennessee with us. Okay. And so driving around Seattle and parallel parking with that thing, the nose was just...
0: Oh boy. Yeah.
1: Enormous. And, and B being short, <laughs> I couldn't see where the nose ended. Oh yeah. so I was like, fingers crossed. Oh my Because i have tried to parallel park with that thing. Oh anyway. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's hilarious. There's Seattle driving.
0: That is, that is Seattle driving. One day Seattle driving will be all automated and no one will be freaking out ever again. And we will be the last ones, but
1: That's the dream. Would you, would you opt into a self-driving car? Would you prefer that? Or do you like to drive?
0: I like control. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know. I think maybe in Seattle, like, because it can't, I used to be a lot more stressed out about it than I am now, but maybe in certain situations I'd be like car, just like figure it out, get me somewhere. But Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I, I, I like, I, I don't yeah, it's kind of like fun to feel like you're you have that skill set, I guess, and get to use it. I don't know. What what would you choose?
1: Oh, a hundred percent the self-driving car if I knew okay. I could do it. I do not like driving.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but I do it because I have to get to point B somehow. Right. But for the most part, there's a little person inside me screaming while I'm and driving around.
0: You just got to be triathlon, Christine. Bike everywhere you go.
1: That's true. Yeah. For local streets, I don't care. It's right. more cross-country when I don't know the area that well. Then yeah. it's like, what can I expect from this right. part of the highway? Yeah. I don't know. So yeah. yeah.
0: Especially some of those areas where it's like one-way streets mm-hmm. every which way. And then weird. Like that one... The area that I always think of is, like, that one area right by, uh, like, I think it's just by the Space Needle, but where they have, like, all the monorail, like, like, yes. rail stuff. And you're like, oh, gosh, there's a lane here, there's a lane there. I feel like I need to be in that lane, but now I'm on this <laughs> side of the post, so I don't know how to get back over there, so I'm screwed. So, yeah.
1: For sure. I knew you were going to say that area. Because yeah. in my head, it's like, a Mercer. Yeah, yeah, that whole area is yeah. very stressful.
0: Yeah. It's getting a little better with all that like new construction they did with like Google's like campus right by. Yeah, on so. t-
1: by that Denny, Denny area, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, like right, right off of uh, that Mercer exit mm-hmm. um, on, by I five.
1: Yeah, it's a lot nicer. I, I, why were we there? I drove down there the other day and I don't remember why, but yeah, yeah. it's nice. It's a little more elbow room. <laughs> for
0: sure for sure that's a good way to describe it yeah yeah well cool well I think that's kind of it for this episode um thanks for coming in is there any I feel like this is the obligatory like is there anything you want to like plug (laughs) Plug. or yeah maybe a director hears this one day or a producer or something you know
1: (laughs) I don't have anything to plug I, my dad would probably be saying plug my book <laughs> oh my god my dad's got a book coming out in a couple months nice dad how do i i guess check that out otherwise <laughs> i got nothing for you
0: nice what who would you recommend would like benefit the most from that book
1: if you're a human <laughs> I
0: think mean, you benefit. all right great so yeah. if you are not human do not buy this book there you go cool all right well thanks christine and uh that is whatever episode this is i guess episode two of this season and thanks for tuning in everybody
1: thanks for having me